Have you ever seen a show that reflects an experience in your life so well? Well, I have. And I'm going to tell you all about it today here on On The Fly Filmmaking, where we are interviewing the creators of Improv 101. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Welcome, guys, to On The Fly Filmmaking. And today I'm talking with two awesome, awesome creators of Improv 101, a web series that... I adore. I've seen it three times through. Aww. I love it. We're talking with Jeff Graham and Sheldon White. What's How are you guys doing today? Doing good. So good, Mary Lou. I'm so excited to be here specifically with you because Aww. you know I'm a fan and there's no one better to me than me to, I can't even talk today. There's no one in the world you're better. Because I'm too totally starstruck. Um, but I'm just so excited to be here with you. Thank today. you. We, I learned a so lot excited. about hosting from you because of our Broad City panel. So really? Yes, absolutely. What? No, you're such a good host already. So Jeff and I are co-hosts on the Broad City After Show panel. So when that comes back... Get ready for it. I can't And wait. also, I'm on the star panel, if anyone wants to check that out. Yes, I love star also. Star is so good, And right? if you need a person, I am there. Okay, cool. Because I'll remember. that girl's we'll remember. ready to cut people, and I love it. It's so <laughs> trashy. It's Dunzo. so, I love it so very much. Yes. Awesome. So, as creators, so you guys host here also at After Buzz and Popcorn Talk, mm-hmm. but as creators, you made a fabulous web series called Improv 101. So tell me first about your backgrounds as creators. Yeah, well, my name is Jeff Graham. Sheldon White. And we met in college mm-hmm. um, creatively. We um, kind of had intersecting, I'd say our freshman year of college, kind of circles that sort of intersected, but eventually we both got in the same acapella group. And that's when we became friends. And that's when we became best friends. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, we sang acapella together in college, but and then I guess we started professionally collaborating when we weirdly got a job co-performing on a cruise ship. Yeah, so guys, we got to sing for six months on a cruise ship. It's we real. sang an hour a day, five days a week, and that was our job. That was our what? life. Oh my gosh, this is Hollywood, because everybody's done all sorts of jobs. Right. right, right, oddball jobs. But it was so fun, and that's when we like started like creating shows or like different um, medleys we wanted to perform, yeah. and choreography, and just the, the, the way the show would flow from start to finish. I mean, we started really doing that on our own then. Yeah. But we've been working together, I'd say, in kind of, um, you know, external capacities, as always happens. A lot of, like, loose intersections of kind of creative projects. But Improv 101, which is the series we're here to talk about today, is really the first time that both of us have, from conception to final cut, really worked together just as partners. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's really so fun. awesome. So outside of this project that you guys have done together and things you've worked on together, have you guys shot web series on your own separately? Honestly, I think you've been a part of everyone that I've done. We, yeah. Jeff's, I mean, Jeff's an amazing writer, and he knows how to write for my voice really well. So we also did a web series a year ago called Spin, actually. Right on. That was the first thing that we did together and created, mm-hmm. and this is our next one. We learned a few things. We liked a few things. Definitely. Yeah, I think Spin... Um, we had some creative contributions too, but we weren't necessarily producers or directing. Um, I had written it, and Sheldon was starring in it, but we kind of had other excellent producers and directors kind of helping us put it together. But this is really the first one that, from start to finish, we 
really had we the range. Like, we're going to try it. We're going to do it, and we're just going to do it and see what happens. And yeah. I think you guys did exceptionally well. Exceptionally well. I quite enjoyed it. Like I said, three times I watched it through. <laughs> I'm a binge watcher, but I do like that the, the way that the show is, it's, it's bite-sized. So give me a little <laughs> rundown of what Improv 101 is. Yeah, so the main inspiration for us for this series was that Sheldon and I actually at the same time took an entry-level improv class at a school here in Los Angeles. We're trying to keep it fairly anonymous. We studied we, at quite a few schools. Yeah. We got collaborations from a lot of people who've been to a lot of schools. Yeah. But we ended up in an improv class together, Improv 101. And what was really funny was we we would always like do the class and then talk about it and be like, this is so funny. And then we would bring these weird experiences to other people who would be like, oh, I was in this improv class and this happened. Mm -hmm. And they would say, oh, that happened in my class too. And we realized there were all these cool themes that everybody, it seems like, who took an improv class experienced one way or another. So we were like, why don't we write it? Because we just feel like, yeah, the experience of entry-level improv is something that almost everyone in Los Angeles or who works, a lot of people have had. And yeah, as Sheldon mentioned, these experiences seem kind of universal. So we're like, let's, you know, write sketches based on kind of the horrific things that can happen in an entry-level improv And another class. cool thing about, like, beginners, like, Improv 101, like, the beginning of improv is you have people from all walks of life. Yes. In the very beginning, people will do it because they're shy or because they are an actor or they're trying to understand actors because they're writers. I mean, there's so many different reasons that people end up in these classes. So Right, and if you are someone that's watching that doesn't necessarily work or eat, breathe, sleep, entertainment, improv is an acting class where you are making up scenes as you go. So it's unscripted, and you you go off of your scene partners, you go off of a suggestion, and you create a scene out of nothing, which I think is a very good skill for anyone. Absolutely. And I would, I would suggest anybody, if you are at all interested, you're shy, you're not shy, you're a public speaker, you, you work with people, I think everyone should try an improv class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, a lot of corporations will even bring in mm-hmm. improv instructors because if you watch the series, which of course we highly advise you do, um, there's a lot of philosophies that are kind of like pro-agreement and pro-collaboration that can be very beneficial for anyone in any walk mm-hmm. of life. So we, we're definitely pro-improv. Hopefully the series communicates that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if you... If you live in L.A., you have or you know somebody who has been in improv class. And if you are not here and maybe you're somewhere where improv class doesn't exist, you have seen somebody who's taken improv because everyone on TV has. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone it's on true. TV has. So I highly suggest that. And if you are ready just to get a taste, then check out Improv 101. So let's go ahead and watch a little clip that you guys uh, have of the show. Yeah, so this clip we're about to show you comes from our first episode, so it's not too spoilery. And it's basically um, one common thing that can happen in improv classes is basically when you're starting a scene, you're supposed to make the assumption that the character you're playing across from is a blank slate and you're making it up together. And anything like physical appearance or previous experiences are out the window because it's a brand new scene. A lot of new improvisers will kind of project things onto their scene partners that may or may not have been established. So this is kind of a scene about projection and two scene partners making assumptions about the other that haven't necessarily been established. So All right. let me get two off. Let me get Karen. Let me get Scooter. Karen and Scooter. Let's go. Let's go. Hey. Hey, girl. No, wait. I'm supposed to be a guy. Got it. Okay. Uh, can we start again? <laughs> Hi there. Hey, guy. Wanna come back to my place? Yes! Pedicures, red wine, we'll watch some chick flicks. It's like so what I need right now. What? 
I'm hitting on you. <laughs> Seriously, I want to get heterosexual with you. My character wants to try some stuff, you know, hand stuff, maybe mouth stuff even. I want to sex. Okay, you see, you see, Karen, okay, that's, you shouldn't have assumed that he's playing your gay best friend. Mm. <laughs> Let's get you a new partner. <laughs> that's probably, I think that gives you guys a flavor of the show. We don't want to spoil too much, but. Yes, definitely you can sit and watch this whole thing. And I laugh out loud so many times throughout that's the whole great. thing. Good. It's really, really wonderful. Bravo to you guys. Aww, thank you, Mary Lou. That means a lot because I know you have good comic taste, so I really, really appreciate yeah, that. I Definitely. quite, quite enjoy it. So one of my favorite things about the show is the characters that you have. You have all these different archetypes, so tell me about how you came up with all of these different characters that you weave together. I feel like that was partly you. I feel like in terms of what we contributed each as writers, I maybe am a little more familiar with structure and joke writing, but Sheldon loves getting into characters. So. Yeah, I feel like when you watch anything, you identify with a character, and you see that character, and everyone identifies with different characters. So I thought I, we really wanted to do like the consistent... We talked about maybe just like random sketches, but then we mm -hmm. decided to do just consistent characters throughout. Um, and I just... I've been so lucky to have known so many talented actors that... Um, always just blow me away in their own way. So a lot of the characters that we created, I mean, we needed different like archetypes and stereotypes of people, but a lot of them were based off of the amount of talent that I've seen from them. And I like Colin, who was just featured in that last little clip, is one of the funniest people that I know. I think he's so hysterical. And so it the characters came so naturally because it was so fun and easy to write for him because he's just so great. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's one of the really great things of if you're producing projects of your own and you're just starting out and maybe you don't have the resources to cast, write for people you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely write for people you know if you can, whether you're doing this in L.A. or anywhere else in the world that you're producing something. You have people who are ready to get on camera and show something fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So write for them. I mean, like, in this first draft of this script, the character was named Colin, which is also the actor's <laughs> name. So that yeah. shows how much we were specifically writing for him. But, you know, it's funny. It seems like an entry-level improv class is that they kind of cast themselves. Like, it does feel like no matter what, every class, like, might have a housewife who's just getting back into acting or, like, might have, like, the viral video star who wants to figure out if they're an actor. So it was, like, kind of... It felt like the premise of the show was written for a very character-based series mm -hmm. already, which was helpful for us. Right, and I like the concept of the same characters throughout the entire mm -hmm. season because it feels like when you're doing an improv class and every week you go, you get to know these people a little bit more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you start to see their trends, you see what they always go to, you see what kind of characters they always try to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, like with this... Uh, her trying to label him as a certain type of character would happen to me all the time. To oh, one of my first uh, improv classes, the teacher was like, okay, whoever's going to partner with Mary Lou cannot make her a girl. Because I would always, it would always just be like, strong, tough girl, or mm, you know, the, yeah. the overbearing girlfriend, or something like that would always happen. They're like, I need you to make her like something low level and, and a male. So I was like, I'm a janitor. Awesome. And it was great. Like, there was so much fun. Right. It's so funny how we do that. Like, we see someone like, oh, they only play, like, higher class. They couldn't mm -hmm. play, like, blue collar. Like, it's just so funny to me that that is what we do. We do it all the time in mm -hmm. our lives. Like, not just an improv, every single mm -hmm. walk of life, how we just judge people. 
yeah. not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were kind of excited to explore that because Sheldon, as kind of an ethnically ambiguous actor, gets, sometimes gets that, which is... Yeah, I get that all the time. Um, so we're like, let's put it in the series. Like, labeling is such an interesting theme to explore, yeah. and it's it's so on the nose in an improv class because labeling is a part of the exercise. So we're like, let's have some fun with this, and... It's definitely like if that's if you're a listener and that's interesting to you, it's something we really, really touch on in all six episodes of this series. So Yeah, it's really great because that becomes a through line for all of them. That's the thing they all have in common mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that they're labeled as something specific that may or may not be their true identity. Right. Right. You're smart. I don't know if we even even we saw that. Yes, so. we did. Come on now, Jeff. <laughs> Listen, we can, I feel like film analysis. Come on now. <laughs> so tell me about the characters. Uh, is it Ryan and Jordan? Yes. Those yes. are your characters. Yes. So yeah. tell me about how you guys decided on those being the ones you guys will play. Well, acting is something I'm less comfortable with than Sheldon. Um, I love writing, and I've learned in this series, I actually love being behind the camera, too. I had a lot of fun directing. We both kind of shared directing responsibilities in this. Mm -hmm. Um, But Ryan was a nice entry-level character for me. I want to be careful about how I speak here, because if you watch the episode, Ryan is kind of very subtly racist. So I want to say (laughs) that we don't have too much in common, but I think like the kind of over-peppy white guy was like a nice kind of entry-level actor acting role for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sheldon, I think your character features more prominently in the show. So I, what, what do you think of Jordan's character? Um, I mean, I love Jordan's character. He, I mean, we were writing it for me from, from the beginning, but like, I like, he's kind of a little bit of like, he's a little like, likes to stir push, the pot. Stir the pot. Exactly. Thank you. Like he's kind of a teacher's pet. Like he likes to like be on everyone's good side until like, and then, and then he likes to pick on people, which I think is super fun. And then I really liked like his moment at the end of an episode is, um, that frustration was building from the beginning with him. And it's part of my own frustration that like I have in my own life. So it was just really fun to be able to put that on camera into this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a really fun uh, monologue that you, you did. And I was like, Oh, that's coming from a real place. Yeah, that was real. That was <laughs> that real life. From a very real place. So I hope you guys check that out. When you do get there, tweet me, tweet the guys, let them know what you think of improv 101 because I, it's so funny. It's so <laughs> great. And of your characters, my favorites, was the teacher. Yeah, oh, isn't she so, the ha- best? Tell me about her. How did you find her? Where'd she come from? The character, all of that. I love her. Sheldon brought her, which I'm so grateful for. Yes, I have studied um, at Stan Kerr Studios with Nikki for a while. Like, it's probably been maybe about a year. And I just saw her every single week and she is just a fascinating actress who makes amazing choices and mm-hmm. she's so specific and uh, she's got all this talent and you admire that talent, but then when you get to know her, she's like an even better person. Like she's one of the kindest, nicest, most hardworking people that I know. Um, so we initially, I mean, we wrote it and we didn't write, this one we did not write for her necessarily, but I was in class one day, one week and I was watching her perform and I was like, oh my gosh, I found our teacher. And it was so exciting because Celeste is such an interesting, quirky character that, uh, she can kind of push buttons. Like, I feel like had we not have cast someone as talented and likable as Nikki Gazelle, and mm-hmm. shout out Nikki, you killed it, um, she might have come across as kind of unlikable because um, she she makes some choices in class that are, like, questionable teaching choices, I think. <laughs> yeah, she does. Um, and that's part of the comedy of the series. But um, Nikki, just, like, from the moment you meet her, she's just, like, un- unreasonably gracious. She's just, like, the kindest 
warmest person. And for kind of newer producers, it was so great to have her on set because she was so great to work with. And um, yeah, I think it's now I can't picture anyone else in that role. And it was it was so funny too because at the audition, like we we auditioned her and um, we had quite a few auditions lined up for like a lot of different roles but I was kind of like let's just audition Nikki for this one and just like we'll just and I was, didn't want to like overhype her but I was like like you'll see Jeff you'll meet her and she just blew it out of the park yeah yeah she was amazing and so many layers and she reminded me so much of all of my different improv teachers mm-hmm. because I've had really great ones that were caring and loving and some that were like well, you should not be doing this because you hate people <laughs> yeah. right you know but she had all of these layers that I just thought were brilliant and I, I felt she was such a strong She's the entity. Glue. She's the glue. I think In the whole thing. Yeah. 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 She was great. I adored her. What was her name again? Nikki Gazelle. Nikki Gazelle. Get it, girl. Mm-hmm. I love it. Awesome. So now let's talk a little bit about production side. So I'm always interested in what kind of uh, gear was used when you shoot something like this. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think from a producing standpoint, we're lucky we had a really, really great DP on set. Um, Alicia Deniger, we have to shout you out. A lady DP? Yes. A lady DP, of course. And a lady assistant. We had a lady. Yeah. Yeah, so she helped us light, but we were mostly using Kinos. The way Nikki's lit here, we had a China ball. Um, And then we also, one other thing that we did was we had, we had three cameras running mm -hmm. all the time. Okay. Um, Because we, I mean, we essentially shot 26 pages in two days, um, which is kind of very ambitious for our first time, like, leading it. Um, So the way, one of the ways we were able to do that was was to get three different cameras at the same time, and they were um, Canon T5Is. Great. I'm learning camera technology. Yeah, which is so great. And then I'll tell you guys, I I know about cameras, and a Canon T5I is something that is very affordable and accessible Mm -hmm. to everyone. Mm -hmm. You do not need, which I tell people all the time, you do not need the top, top, top end to create content. Right. Right. You know, you just need a camera that works. Yeah. And utilize what you have. And I think that's a really wonderful thing for people to know. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, we sort of shot it almost like a multi-cam, single-cam mm-hmm. show. Um, because we were shooting in a rectangular room, but basically we would just set up like a tight... I mean, it's how most single-cam shows work. Single-cam is kind of a misnomer because... Like, the good wife is probably shooting on three cameras at a time, just changing angles. But, yeah, we would set up just three Canon TI-5s on tripods and run the scene, then push in a little bit and run it again. And we shot it like a very conventional single-cam show. Yeah, we did. And the actors, the, we selected actors that were so talented and so prepared that... Um, we were able to have fun with mm-hmm. it. Like, the shooting schedule, it was very tight, but we somehow always had planned a little extra time to, like, let the actors have their fun, which is, I think, part of what makes it special. Right. Yeah. Good. And and, that, and that's something to note, that having a good shoot has so much to do with the pre-production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, talk to me a little bit about your pre-production that went in before shooting. We probably spent four or five months writing all six of these. We cut some episodes, because um, we knew... We pr- I think six felt like a great number for our first season. We even thought that might be ambitious. But once we had it written and cast, we chose our weekend. and We chose a weekend. We actually pushed it back. Like we were supposed to shoot in December. Yeah. And then I was like, I think we could do this tighter. And I think we could, we could figure this out a little bit better. So we ended up pushing it back a whole month. Mm-hmm. Um, and that month's time, I mean, pre-production is not something that you should just rush through and be like, right. oh, we got it. We got it. Um, but then we assembled all of our crew, and then we had that. It was really just the scheduling, which was kind of... I mean, every actor has a conflict of some... Not everyone, but a lot of them have conflicts because they have lives, too, and yeah. you have to respect that. 
Um, but we spent a lot of time really working with the schedule. And I, I really think the schedule, on top of having so many strong people in their own departments, is what was really beneficial. Yeah, I mean, the way the series is structured is basically there's generally two-person scenes that kind of ground the writing, and then Celeste, played by Nikki, who's the teacher, kind of doing commentary on the side, and then the audience either reacting in comedy or horror. (laughs) Um, So we basically shot all of the audience reaction stuff on the first day, in about the first four hours. We spent four hours, all cameras on the audience, picking up different things, and what we would do is we would have the actors come up in front of the audience and perform it, which was really beneficial for them as well because they were able to rehearse it. They were able to rehearse it with an audience. And a lot of the cast didn't really read a lot aside from like what their moments mm-hmm. were. So a lot of those reactions were genuine reactions, which mm-hmm. was really fun. Um, but then once we did that, we, then we reversed the room and then got the front of the room. Yeah, and we could send actors home. What's nice is if you get all the stuff you need with your big group, obviously this is a good production tidbit, but you can kind of send actors home and respect their time so they're not just sitting around on set. Yeah, because if you do, if you plan, you do your pre-production well enough, you can schedule it so you're not wasting all of your people's time because usually when you're doing a smaller production or you're just starting out, you might be getting a lot of volunteers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just exactly. like, please help me out, yeah. yep. but I will respect you and I will feed you pizza. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Or Costco soup, that or was Costco our... Costco soup nice. or homemade tacos. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was really fancy. That's wonder who made the tacos. I did. Yes. I yeah, that's the other the lesson is when you're producing, you're doing everything. So. Yeah. You're doing everything. No, I, I've definitely cooked crew meals yes. many times <laughs> for productions because that's what you have to do, you yeah. know, because that budget, you, you can't cater. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, I need to get yeah. another light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Great. So I love hearing that kind of stuff and I, I like a lot about this this show is it's one location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very um, not necessarily easy, but achievable. Achievable. Yes. Correct. And whenever I first started, and I know a lot of other people who just get started, you're like, you're like, I have this grand idea. I want to shoot my amazing like three hour movie with yep. all the locations and helicopters and explosions. But find a story mm-hmm. with one location yep. mm-hmm. and go with it. And go with it. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Well, that was like when we had the idea, we're like, do we really want to like, can we do this? And you were like, you know what? We can. We're like, it's one location. It's recurring characters. Like, this is achievable. So So tell me about this location. Yeah, it's Sheldon's. Yeah, it's a fun office. Um, We, uh, there's, there was just this office space. There was this huge room, this huge weird room that uh, which I will say like it's a large weird room but all improv classes are in some random room in some random building (laughs) somewhere in town exactly Exactly. it's very rarely at a school so we loved that this room was just so like the walls are so oddly shaped and there was this awful couch yeah Yeah. and we the more we thought about it we were like you know what like Celeste would have bought this couch this is a couch (laughs) that makes total sense for this series um and yeah, I mean, we just crammed everything into that room, and yeah, that's where we did it. That's where we We were started. candidly a little worried about the location. Um, we used it because our budget allowed us to. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it ended up working pretty well. well. It's not a real production if you're not worried about your location. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not scared that everything's going to fall apart. Yeah. That uh, something's wrong. For yeah. sure. But it ended up. I, it ended up looking like a classroom enough, I think. Yeah. yeah, we were happy with it. It did the job, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was great. And I think even, and this is sometimes those happy accidents that happen in your storytelling, is that it, it felt so much like 
random room anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it is, but right. that's what improv classes are. <laughs> right. So yes, when you take an improv class, just know it could be anywhere. It yeah. will be anywhere. It could be anywhere. And I've done like rehearsals in people's living rooms mm-hmm. and backyards. And, hallways, lots like, of hallways. Yes, yeah. in the hallway, you just got to make it work. So Absolutely. that's what, And one more thing about the gear, I wanted to ask about audio because that's something that I always find the most challenging. So what did you guys do for audio? Yeah, we just used like a shotgun boom. I'm trying to remember the brand. I wish I knew the brand, but I don't. But we did use a shotgun boom for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually didn't even love our actors. So yeah, because um, it sounded good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely our audio does the job. Um, I think we learned stuff about audio. We learned in post. audio. And I think what, the audio took more work than we were hoping it would have needed to in post. But that's okay because we edited it. So right, we made it work. I mean, we we found a lot of software and stuff. But I will say, like, I really think if I were to do this again, or when we film season two. Um, I think I'm going to put a lot more attention into the audio from the beginning yeah. because it it's so important. Yeah. It is so important. Like you, I you forget, but an audience will forgive a shaky camera. Yep, they'll forgive it in a second. Um, mm-hmm. if they're engaged, but if if audio is not working, then yeah. it it does a lot. And, and as a on performer side, we don't often think about that until later. And you're like, oh, that's weird. Right. Yeah. Something sounds weird. So yeah, audio is always a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you guys, uh, you know, you guys achieved it well. So what did you have an audio person? We did. Yeah, but it was funny. It was actually his first time. It was his first time. Oh, right yeah. on. He's such a great guy. He was like one of the nicest people. That you're like, we want to work with you. You want to work with us? Let's do it. We trust you. And yeah, it was. It, Justin, you killed it. Justin did well. Justin, um, did audio well. guy. Justin, mm-hmm. how many times did you guys have to hold a boom mic? You know, None. I hate you to say it, but I, I never held it. a boom on I didn't. set. We were doing a lot of things, but yeah. I never touched a boom mic. Oh yeah. my gosh, all of my sets, I've touched everything all <laughs> the time. I'm like, don't worry, I got it. It's yeah. fine, you press record. Yeah, I mean, like, if we if he wasn't in it, he was directing. I was directing, or I was turning lights on and off, mm-hmm. or, like, cameras. Yeah, we were helping. We have a couple shots that, like, involved a specifically timed Kino light. Mm-hmm. So I think we were doing some of that, but... Yeah, Justin held down the boom. Held up the boom. Held it up, yeah. right, because you got to have those muscles. Exactly. Oh, it looks yes. exhausting. We probably should have helped Justin. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> it's exhausting. And then there's a few times when I've, I've run the audio in the boom pole, and then, like, you get tired, so I, like, rest it on my head. Yeah. And whoever's listening is like, Mary, you can't, because you, can you hear, hear it. it. Right. Just like you would hear this, like, anything touching any part of the microphone, you're just like, oh, this will be fun. It's not. There was a couple shots where we could see stand the boom, which was nice. Mm-hmm. So That's good. If you're dying, maybe on your close, you can get the boom on a C stand. But for those wides, you need yeah, they got to yeah. do it, and they have to be mm-hmm. able to point it. And a little tidbit that I learned from audio guys is point the microphone at their chest to the heart. Yes. That's what I would have said. Yeah, yeah, good. So mm-hmm. you learn so much you learn. on this show, absolutely. Because that's how all of us as like filmmakers and creators is you learn as you go, and right. then when you work with people who know more than you, you get tidbits of information. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. A set is a very um, fertile ground for learning. Yeah. So that's what kind sure. of crew did you have? Like, uh, I know you have a DP. You had an assistant DP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then what else? Because you guys were directing. We were directing. We had a lovely AD. Yeah, we had a great AD. Abby Vega, who works at the network, she's at our sister network After Buzz, but she hosts a lot of our shows. She she killed it. She's done a lot of PAing, but this was her first AD gig. And she kept us on our schedule. It was perfect. It's not a fun job to assistant director. And then we had... I've been that girl, too. Professionally, I've been that girl. That's a hard job. Because no one can dislike you. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true, but not for long. Because I'm like, but I have control of your food. Right, that's... Right, (laughs) Right, exactly. We had Um, scripty. 
Yeah. Um, so we had Nick Rodriguez, and he was um, going through the script and keeping everything continuous and helping us and all. Yeah, we movies. did need continuity was interesting because we did shoot very out of order because mm-hmm. of the t- our actors because we wanted to respect their time. And there's a couple wardrobe changes, so Nick did a really, really great job. Great and job, Nick. For those listening, the best thing a script supervisor can do is give you really detailed notes for the edit, which Nick mm, did. Yep. So. Super helpful in the end, in the long run. Yeah. A couple um, of great PAs, but we, had, we yeah. probably had a crew of... And we also had a second unit director. We did, Laura. Wow. Miss Laura Palmer. if you think about it, for these audience shots... Both of us were in it. Mm-hmm. So. And we needed someone to be like, this is reaction. Right. Do this. She's <laughs> telling us to look horrified on set. Oh, yeah. good. Oh, yeah. so you guys had a very great. full set. That's we yeah. thought it good. through. I think probably our crew is about 10 total. Mm-hmm. And we also needed, we needed the um, PAs as well. I mean, there are so many things that come up that yeah. you do not think are going to come up, mm-hmm. but they come up and they need handled immediately. Yeah, and when right. you're trying to, as you know, like if you're trying to direct and act and make sure the line's are right and also do the food, you can't mm-hmm. run to the store and, and get Costco the cords that, that we didn't know that we needed. Right. You know, yeah. you just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. No, and that will always come up. So I think yep. that's great advice. To yes. Just if you can allocate somebody as the PA right. that can run and go do these other things, don't don't let them touch lights, don't let them do all these other things. Have them on deck for yes. this. Mm-hmm. And they can do those things, but right. don't let them be that person. Right. So crucial. And then also, too, to have money set aside for when thing, when you need a cord. Petty when cash. You need, we needed a $70 cord that yeah. we just, like, didn't think, we didn't know, we didn't think about it, but... We had agreed before, I'll put it on this credit card, this is the credit card we're using, and if anything comes up, this is what we do. And it was a nice, easy plan, um, because there's always things like that. that Yeah. Awesome. Well, then let's talk about your your budget and your timeline for this, then, because I know that you guys did a whole season for a very good amount. Yeah, we shot this whole thing for under a grand. About a, yeah, just under a grand, which is kind of crazy to think about. There were a lot of favors asked. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the budget really went into food Food, and... Renting equipment, getting all the equipment equipment. that we needed was a big one. And there were certain positions that we really felt it was important to pay just because, uh, I mean, I think as a producer, you really want to respect your talent and respect your crew. And you'll know as a producer which positions really, because obviously people know they sometimes have to work for free, but Mm -hmm. there are certain positions that you really want to try to honor. And as a producer, I think your instincts will take over. Mm -hmm. You should trust those, I think. Yeah, and then... Some people, I mean, if you, I've learned by doing this that if you ask people who care about you and who you have a good relationship with, like, I need these things, and you're not necessarily asking them to do it, but you just say, I, we need someone to do sound. Like, Justin just jumped up and did it and offered and volunteered, and it was the nicest thing. But, like, this town, there's so many people, and probably everywhere, but I do know in this town, there's so many people who, are willing to help because I mean I've done that I've went to someone's set and ran their sound and they didn't pay me anything but mm-hmm. I just did that to help them because why not I want to see them do their project too and there's so I, I think it's good when you can find a niche of cheerleaders out here who will volunteer their time no mm-hmm. totally and, and being in a creative community yes if I help you on your set then you're more inclined to help me on my set exactly. so I've always as if I ever have time and somebody's working on something creative I'm like let me help you mm-hmm. without even asking like is there a way that I can help not not to necessarily like keep that in my pocket as a favor for later, but they're more inclined to want to help. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? of course. Or or to recommend someone who can help. Right. And then yeah. you just it's it's community building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that what are we? We're we're not a community. Right. Exactly. You know? So let's let's make some art together. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some production triumphs that you guys had. 
We're really proud of our schedule. Yeah, I, think that's <laughs> I mean, wonderful. like designing a production schedule is kind of an art form, and like a really great AD can hammer it out quickly. Mm-hmm. But I'd say we spent probably six hours just meticulously designing our production schedule. Yeah, because we shot twenty six pages in two days, um, and we we're really proud that we allocated time for our actors to play a little bit and. Part of that is if you're producing, make sure you're casting reliable talent who are going to come to set knowing their lines because Mm -hmm. we had no time to be feeding actors' lines on set. Um, But yeah, like I think we really did a good job creating a respectful production schedule, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. In a respectful environment, too. I think everyone was really happy. They were really comfortable on our set, Mm -hmm. which is something we like really strive for. I mean, shooting comedy is so fun because you're just laughing all day. Exactly. Um, Did you come into issues where people got sidetracked? Would they, would they improv on set and then it would maybe go off the rails or turn into a new scene? You know, the way that it kind of worked is we had a schedule. And so we needed to get this. We needed mm-hmm. to get this done. And mm-hmm. so after they got it done, after they got it done, then they could have their fun. Right. And we all kind of understood that. Good. So once we had the way, the way it was written done then it didn't matter if they went off the rails. Some of them going off the rails is what we ended up using. Right, which, that's what I wanted to ask you. Which yeah. were, you're that? watching and you're like, you're, you're watching sometimes, you watch and probably like, what are you doing? Like, it doesn't <laughs> always make sense. But then all of a sudden, you find a fun, creative new way to piece together a scene that we never envisioned mm-hmm. in the beginning. I think, like, the scene we actually show you guys, um, Colin's character, Scooter, who's trying to present as this straight bro, says, I want to sex. (laughs) Which I think was something we thought of on set. Yeah. Which is really fun. Yeah. If anything, I feel like as the greenest actor, I was probably the one who set back our production schedule. (laughs) We gave him a little extra time. A little extra time. (laughs) That's okay. But he delivered. He delivered. Sheldon was directing me. He was very patient. That's great. And and your scene turned out wonderful. It's it's a scene, that's for sure. (laughs) It sure is. It definitely is a scene. Uh, I do want to ask you about editing then. You were saying that some of the episodes maybe, or some of the scenes were used, they were improv. Mm -hmm. They were from the the playtime afterwards. Mm -hmm. And were there things that you had learned in editing that you maybe didn't know before? Everything. Editing (laughs) is so hard. Yeah. I always respected editors, but I did not understand until we sat down for so many hours. Because you finish filming and you're like, great, it's done, and you're on this high. And then we were like, oh, we'll just edit it. (laughs) But it is so difficult and so cumbersome yes i mean we went through all of our footage and i mean there's a few things that i would learn one a few things that i think we have learned is like instead of starting exactly where you need to start i'm going to now always start just before mm-hmm. so if that means that people are starting this scene at the front of the class i really want to start them walking up like oh, right. especially with movement always capture that movement because we were able to we were able to make it work because we did have that in there and mm-hmm. we had to like figure out how it worked but movement is so tricky yes. um and then also just consistency like mm-hmm. we had one of our actors who um moved the hair moved the hair a little bit and so all of a sudden you can't have hair behind your ears and hair in front of your ears yeah, and that it. was a very big challenge that we just didn't we just didn't expect we didn't realize that that would be a thing yeah. yeah, I think, but one good tidbit for your listeners is that um, you may be surprised to learn we edited this on iMovie. I think right. on yeah. iMovie. Does yeah. the job. And like, I think, I wouldn't say like the editing is the thing that's going to win this a web series Emmy, but like. <laughs> Are you does, sure, Jeff Graham? <laughs> but it does the job. I mean, like, honestly, if you 
get everything you need on set. Um, you're just trying to make cuts. And honestly, the thing is, what we learned, I think, the most is comedy editing is so important. Mm-hmm. Because we really changed the pace of scenes by the way we cut them together. Yeah, it's interesting because on set, you it needs to feel right, so you need that quick pace. But at right. the same time, all that air in between in editing is gold to mm-hmm. help you figure it all out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, I'm trying to think of, I think mostly what we used is pretty close to scripts. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we, I don't think we put a lot of the improvised work in there, even though it's about an <laughs> improv class. But, but it's nice to have the options. Yeah, we sure. had so and many you can options. play with it a little bit. And it was weird, too. Ed- I mean, editing is telling its own story. It's the story. You, like, mm-hmm. put the story together, and you can, you can do it in different ways. So, like, the scene, um, an example of, like, a car- an actor derailing Colin, he only had one line there that the clip that we saw and it was um I want to get heterosexual with you and that's all that it was and then he just kept playing with it and then all of a sudden we had through the editing a way to make this joke that was like a one a two a big three and then a long pause silence and none of that would have been there um if we didn't allow people to play right yeah and and you have the choice to you could have cut it the way it was originally written Mm -hmm. or you could turn it into this other really juicy scene that exactly he might not have existed otherwise Yeah, so you never know what you have. And, like, even there's a couple audience shots that we used before we really slated the scene. Like, sometimes the audience just looking around. <laughs> Actors, like, the cameras are on you. The cameras if the are camera always... is on you, before they say action, that camera is on you. And right. it's grabbing some good stuff because yes. you're not there. <laughs> so. You're just natural. You're just feeling all right. Yeah. We were, like, joking around. We're like, what if we actually use this in the edit? And then we put it in. We're like... Okay, we're going to use it. Here it is. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Yeah, they're always watching. Yes. If you're an actor, the audio is always listening. Yes. So Mm -hmm. learn how to turn the mic off if you're loved. Yeah. (laughs) I learned that very early in my career where I was like, I'm going to the bathroom. Yep. And when I couldn't figure out how to turn it off, I would take the batteries out. Yeah. Just so you know you're safe. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is Like, I just can't. I just can't do it. I can't do this. Uh, But, yeah, so just know that if you're performing, they're always listening, they're always watching everything while you're on the set can be used, which is not a bad thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Doesn't mean you need to be on the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, be on. It was valuable, though. I mean, like, I think editing... I've edited some music videos that I think maybe mm-hmm. you've seen, yes. but I hadn't edited, like, narrative yet. Mm-hmm. Well, then there is narrative components to music video editing, but it was... I'm so glad that the first real narrative project I edited was my own, because I learned yeah. so much, mm-hmm. and... Um, I think neither of us are probably the fastest editors, but mm-hmm. I think we're really happy that we got the chance to really cut together what we wanted. Exactly, and it it goes all around. Like because we edited edited it, I I I'm a better actor because I edited mm-hmm. my work. Like right. doing that, you're like, what am I doing? Or like, you're not think like you're just yeah. like right. pretty critical, but you have to forgive and you have to like accept the good things too. Um, but it, I, it's made me a better actor. It's made me a better writer. Yeah. It just it just makes you a better director for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's everything. I really highly recommend doing it. It's not fun, but do it. You don't right. have to do it every time, yes. but do it and learn because yes. there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn from that. Where, like for me, editing myself, it's made me a better host, made me a better performer. Mm-hmm. Also, you you learn more about little ticks that people say or not finishing sentences. Yep. Yeah, like, that could be the worst thing yep. when editing anyone is when they don't finish the sentence and I'll get so mad but when somebody does great if, especially if it's myself I, I separate myself when I'm an editor and I happen to be editing something that's myself that's somebody else 
Yeah. I'm like, you what is this girl do doing? Absolutely. So I'm super critical of that performer, but then I'm also like, yes, girl, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was amazing. So true. And I'll sit there and be like, oh, you stupid. You so good. <laughs> like, this is me while I'm in my editing cave just talking to myself. Just talking all alone. It's you amazing. need to. You need Hours to, on like, end. Because you, turn, you get into the cave. Yeah. You definitely get into the cave. Cool. So what about some production fails? So what are some, some things that happened that you guys had to, to fix on the fly? Like you had to go get... The wire, right? Yeah, you that was one. Wire. Because what happens is when you're on set shooting on DSLRs, you fill up these SD cards quickly, that. really fast. So have a lot of SD cards on set. We didn't know that. And um, we were constantly dumping footage. Yeah, so not only do you need the SD card and all the footage, but you need new ones, but you need someone to dump it, too. That's another right. person. That's another time a PA mm-hmm. becomes incredibly valuable. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the cord we needed to dump the footage from the first four hours of audience work we had were like, we don't have it. So we had to send someone to, I think, the Fry's Electronics in Manhattan Beach to go get it. And um, that was one production film. What was that the cord, cable? This is so bad, I don't know. No. I think... No. We gotta, we just, so what did you do with it? You connected the camera to the computer? Yeah. Or? Uh, yeah. The Why SD you... card reader. Okay, it was an SD card reader. Yeah. So it was a cord from the SD card reader to the computer? Exactly. Okay, so then it depends on the SD card reader. That right. must have been it. Apparently. So. <laughs> That's yes. what we have learned, kind yeah. of. <laughs> if you're not a techie producer, make sure you have someone on set who is. That's Incredibly one thing we valuable. Um, and then the other funny thing that happened was um, you just have to be prepared that things are going to go wrong. So... Um, he was Jeff was doing his scene with Daryl, another awesome After Buzz host here, um, and they're going, and I was directing it, and then all of a sudden the fire alarm just went off, and so you're like, oh no, what do we do? And Jeff was like, oh no no, like let me fix it, and I was like, no no no, you stay there, you're acting great, I'll take care of it. <laughs> and so the fire alarm's going off, and I'm like running through the building trying to figure it out, and then finally I see this one person who's like, you got to go all the way across the street to like talk to the security guard. And so I'm like, great, it's downpouring, so I'm just like running through the rain trying to get there. And then the I, chariots of fire theme playing behind. Um, <laughs> exactly. And then we finally got it off, and I just walked in just like dripping wet, and I was like, okay, let's go again. You were done <laughs> shooting though at that point. I was done which shooting. Which was great. He was wrapped, which was like so lucky. Yeah, I was so. like, don't run in the rain. What if you have to be in another I scene? Know. Oh, but yeah. but I was ready to go. Yeah, he was right, <laughs> yes, which that's, was great. That's a good co-producer. Yeah, yeah. teamwork. Good job, teamwork. Guy. Yeah. Yes, oh, that's like it's all about the team. So, how about any uh, clever tips or tricks or things that you had to fix quickly that maybe weren't the most ideal thing? Trying to think, I will say I got to pat us on the back because I do think we really prepped pretty well for this shoot. Um, yeah, having someone prepared to just be an errand runner is that's like wonderful. Really, a good tip I think we took away. Um, trying to think of like things on set that we had to really kind of last minute yeah we were very planned we were very planned but i mean uh there there is the element too of like you being i think everyone needs to always be open to everyone's suggestions and input because there would be a few times that our dp um envisioned it differently than we did Mm -hmm. and having to that was tricky because he and i were pretty much on the same page just because we've been there from the beginning um, and she might, and she, her way wasn't wrong. We used a lot of her ways. It was actually a great new way to do it. But like, when someone's like, "Wait, I think it should be shot like this," figuring out how to manage that is super important because I think a lot of people are like, "Nope, this is how it is." And right. I think mm-hmm. if we had done that, our final product would not have been as good. Yeah, we were like, "No, tell me what you want. Tell me what you're thinking." And so. We had more things like that, I think, and we kept such an open environment that it was easy to do that. Right. Or, you know, it's kind of like you learn an improv. You can yes someone without necessarily... You can infuse ideas. So Mm -hmm. I think, like, because we were shooting an improv, a show about improv, there was a very yes and mentality on set, which was 
very fun. And you're like, what, do, what about this light? Why don't we try this light? What, what would this do? And you're like, well, try it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yes, and. That's great. Yeah, I love that. And it sounds like you had a really, really wonderful and positive set and a positive production experience. Because mm -hmm. not all productions are positive, but yeah. because you came in with that mentality of like, right. cool, we got this. Yes, and let's make a series. Exactly. One other fail that we had, too, that I just remembered. We wrapped. We were yeah. like, we did it! This is the martini. We were like, we did it. And we were so proud. We were like, we, we are on schedule. And everyone's hugging each other. And we're just like, no sleep, two days straight. We start packing up. And then all of a sudden, I think it was Nick. It, it was Nick. The Our script supervisor. Script, who was like. Well, that's what he's supposed to do. Exactly. He's like, <laughs> did you guys ever get the last shot and we're like, yeah. of the whole series. And we're like, of course we did. We, we got, got it. it and we were, oh no. And so we had to reset everything else up. <gasps> yeah. And it was a setup that like wasn't super easy. Nope. And we were all, we were all already out the door. Like Alicia yeah. was like, we don't need it. And we were like, we really need it. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she was like, let's do it. And we just like threw everything together. But I, now I'm going to literally, I'm going to start Scratching things off. I know. Mm -hmm. We probably, yeah, we didn't have like a line shot list. We did yeah. have a shot list, but there's ways you can like graphically design a shot list that I think we maybe should have. We are going to scratch it off next Well, that's year. good. That's a, uh, anything else that you would do differently? Good question. Yeah. I think I would have maybe been a little more deliberate with our audience time. Like mm -hmm. the time we, that was the first thing we shot. And there was one or two times in the edit where we kind of had to dig for the audience reactions we need. So yeah, I think like if you're shooting reactions, try to get a range. You know, give me a one of being horrified. Give me a ten of being horrified. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes that sense. Would, that's great. So that's like a note I would take is like when you're shooting, you always shoot over the shoulder, you know, if you're doing a conversation. But don't be afraid. Don't only focus on who the scenes, don't only focus on the scene giver, the initiator. Focus on the receiver as well because they need to give you the reactions you need on set. Otherwise, so. it doesn't work. Right. Um, and another thing too, as a performer, um, I think it's so valuable to be consistent. I'm, I, I knew this thing inside and out. So it was, when we were editing, it was very consistent. But it's also super fun to have a lot of variation. Mm -hmm. So like, you need to have the consistent takes a few times. But as a performer, um, doing it again, I would give a lot more variety. I would, I would change the turns that I'm using or change my opinions on things a lot more in the room on set after you've done it the way that you intended to do it. You've done it the way the director wants it, but I don't need to do it eight more times that way. Right. I can do it other ways mm -hmm. and explore more. And I think that keeps you freer and more curious. And I think good things come from that. Yeah. So come prepared, mm -hmm. but also be ready to improvise. Oh. Yes. Yes. That's also Check. on production side as well. You know, you, you come with your plan, but also be ready to take a right turn right. Mm -hmm. when you were trying to go left, because maybe this is great. And when you're collaborating with all these really great people, because a set and any production is more than one person. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have the person that's the final say, but there's people there who have their own experience, their own take that it might be brilliant. Yeah. I mean, like right. RAD Abby pitched some great ideas that we used. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I would encourage producers to really foster an open set because it's rare that at least ideas shouldn't be considered. I think I, all ideas should at least be considered. And you need to, you need to have your vision, you need to get your vision, right? but then don't shut it out and move on. Be yeah. open, because mm -hmm. other people have great ideas. That's great, and I would love to wrap it up on more advice to creators, if you have any others, uh, whether it's from concept to shooting, editing, mm -hmm. any of that. Do it. Do at it. At the end of the I day, know. just... Do it. You can do it. You right. can do it. We 
you can come up with an idea. And if, like, for me, for example, I don't think of myself as the best writer, but Jeff here is a great writer. So find people who have similar interests as you and do it because you can totally do it. There's n- The only thing that separates me from someone who hasn't done it is I just did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. That's really interesting is, like, I am now a director, you know? So it's just... I also think we were smart to choose a one-location shoot. Try to, if you have a great idea, foster it, massage it, but then think of a way that you can achieve it. Mm -hmm. Because you'll get something you like. Think of a budget. Think of how much money do I have to spend. Right. Where can I, like, ask for favors? What do I need? What is most important? You have to Mm -hmm. prioritize everything. And, I mean, I think creating things that you can afford are also super valuable for your creativity and hopefully one day you'll be able to do that thing you've always wanted to do and you need to do that but also in another note try something that is attainable and that you can do mm-hmm. yeah and you you never know how much limitations can actually open opportunities mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm trying to think of a time I think our limited time maybe with Celeste at the end of the day really pushed us to direct her in a really kind of intense, exciting way, mm-hmm. which really helped us in the edit. So you never know how much what seems like a limitation is actually an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really great point because mm-hmm. sometimes you're if you focus too much on like, oh man, we don't have this, I wish I had it, Other and, and go from the, the side of this is what we have, I wish we had more, but this is what we have, so let's make this work. And it can be so wonderful and so gratifying in the end. Mm -hmm. And and how gratifying is completing it and releasing it into the world. It's so fun. It's it's so vulnerable. You're like, oh, we've been working on this for how long? Hopefully people laugh. But like, it's such an amazing experience, and it's so fun to be able to put your voice out there. Well, that was the one funny thing is like Sheldon and I have worked on projects and released them, but you can always be like, oh, like that. I didn't love how that was directed, or like mm-hmm. you can like blame someone else. No, it's just you. We wrote, co- we, we co-produced, we co-wrote, we co-directed, and we co-edited this thing. So any complaints you have are like, yeah, that was us. <laughs> and how's the response been? It's really been pretty good. It's yeah, been great. People I mean, are happy. A lot of people. I've had quite a few people say, oh, I was going to watch one or two, and the next thing I knew, I had watched all of them, and mm-hmm. I just kept going. And that's a that's like the best compliment you could get. Yeah. Yeah, we're happy that improvisers... The nice thing is, I think we wrote it for everyone. We do think it's a series for everyone, but we kind of wrote it with a lot of in-jokes for improvisers. And I say it's like a funhouse mirror to your first entry-level improv experience. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of improvisers have seen that and agree with us. So mm-hmm. we're very grateful for those who have watched it. We hope those who are listening will. It's 22 minutes of your time. Yeah. So for the whole... Th- whole series whole thing. and then yeah. how about season two what are we looking at we are starting to work on it where we we were so focused on it and then we we're like let's take a break like we need a break because we've been working on it for i mean however, a year yeah. a year a year mm-hmm. but i mean we like we took our break and then the second day i was like jeff i've got an idea yeah yes. like, i've got an idea and so we keep pouncing ideas but we're really interested too for season two in getting ideas of teachers like i really want to interview some improv teachers out there because they have to have the best stories because mm-hmm. they must see these things all the time i think we're really glad we produced this and we we're glad that we now have a template to show people because i think we do want to broaden our production team for season two mm-hmm. i think we'd like to get a couple more writers in our room mm-hmm. i think we would maybe like to get an editor <laughs> maybe an editor even yeah. though we loved editing we learned so much i think um a, a great comedy editor can show you things that you didn't necessarily see yeah. so no i agree with that and i think mm-hmm. That when you guys, when you started, you experienced editing it yourself because right. you need to know all the pieces. 
But when you move on to getting someone to edit for you, it's yeah. going to open up totally new things for you. For sure. Yeah. We can start working on the next season already. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're not afraid to take some more risks in the writing, too. I think, like, there was a couple scenes we were nervous about, but now that they're shot and wrapped, I think we really want to make some big choices in season two. So. Oh, that's so good. I cannot wait for season two. Thanks, I'm Mary so Leo. proud of you for conceptualizing, executing, and releasing the work. Yeah. Because that's the hardest part is releasing the work. Yeah, so you got it there, is. you did it, and it's out there, and you guys can watch it now. So tell them where they can find it and where they can find you guys. Yeah, so um, our production company is called Mind Probe Productions. We can't. We plan on keeping releasing content there. All of season one is up on our YouTube page, which is mindprobeproductions.com. You can also find a link. Our, we also have a Mind Probe Productions Facebook, but we have other work up there. But uh, we don't have a custom URL yet, which we should. But if you search Improv 101 Mind Probe, it'll mm-hmm. be the first result there. Mm-hmm. There are six episodes. We'd recommend you watch all six because Start they kind of the interconnect. Beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also have a link to the series in my bio on my Twitter, which is at As- Jeffrey Seagram. Say that one more time. I cut you off. You're totally fine. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jeffrey C. Graham. That's one word. Jeffrey C. Graham. Thank you. Yep. Yes. And you can find me at Sheldon White, then the number two. So Sheldon White, two, And all the links are on there as well. You should definitely check it out. And he had said that. I was like, who had Sheldon White when he's like my dad? I was like, really? He's like, no. No, I'm but just the second. It's brilliant. Sheldon White, two, Jeffrey C. Graham, Correct. Improv 101. I'm Mary Lou Mandel. Thank you guys so much for watching On The Fly Filmmaking. You can find me on all social media at Mary Lou Mandel and on my blog where I give more details on digital content production for beginners. So if you guys are interested in creating stuff on your own, you can find me over there. I'm Mary Lou Mandel. I will see you next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.